everybody. Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is July 20th. Today we're going to continue in our study of Alma chapter 36. Now, I forgot to mention yesterday, Alma 36 is a giant chiasmus, which, if you don't know, a chiasmus was a literary device that is super common in ancient Hebrew writing. It's a poetic device, and it's often used to accentuate a certain part of the writing. Now, a simple chiasmus, an example would be the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So a chiasmus is something that the first word or first idea is repeated at the very end. And then the second idea or the second word is repeated second to last, third, third to last, fourth, fourth to last, and so on. So the first shall be last and the last shall be first. First is the first thing and the last thing. Another example would be, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. So country, country, do, do. And then the center point where it meets up and repeats itself is the word you, because that's the most important part of that phrase. Now that's an example of a simple chiasmus, but Alma chapter 36 is a huge 30 verse chiasmus. But don't forget the most important part of the chiasmus is the part that the author is trying to emphasize, and that is where the two sides come together and it meets in the middle and repeats an idea twice. Now, if you've never done this with Alma chapter 36, that might be a fun way to study. Identify the chiasmus and all the different parts and then see where it comes together. That part, that phrase where it comes together and it repeats something twice is fascinating. It's so interesting to see what the main point that Alma was trying to teach Helaman was and understand what his number one message was in teaching his children. But I'm not going to tell you what that point is. You have to find it for yourself. Well, if you message me on Facebook or something, I'll tell you, but (laughs) it's a fun challenge. Try it. So let's jump into Alma chapter 36. If you'll remember in this chapter, Alma is teaching his son Helaman. And he's telling him about his experience where he was converted. Alma the Younger was kind of a punk with his friends, the sons of Helaman. And they were going about and they were trying to destroy the church until they were struck down by an angel. And they had this converting experience. And so Alma is going to be telling Helaman about that. So let's get started in verse 4. It says, And I would not that ye think that I know of myself not of the temporal, but of the spiritual, not of the carnal mind, but of God. Now, I love that he explains this because in the verse before he's saying, look, I know that whosoever puts his trust in God will be supported in their trials and troubles and afflictions. And I know this not because of anything temporal, not because anything that the world could teach me. I know it because of the spiritual experiences that I've had. I don't know it by my brain and by thinking through it and by being logical. I know it because God has revealed it. And my friends, as much as we try to sometimes make sense of things or we try to know things with our our mind, truly the most important things in life are the things that only God can teach us, are the revelations that we receive from him. And so he explains that. And then he goes on and says, now behold, I say unto you, If I had not been born of God, I should not have known these things. But God has, by the mouth of his holy angel, made these things known unto me, not of any worthiness of myself, 
For I went about with the sons of Mosiah seeking to destroy the church of God. But behold, God sent his holy angel to stop us by the way. And behold, he spake unto us, as it were, with the voice of thunder. And the whole earth did tremble beneath our feet, and we all fell to the earth, for the fear of the Lord came upon us. Now I love this story of Alma and the sons of Mosiah and the angel. Oftentimes we hear this story and we think, wow, well, of course he was converted. He had this incredible experience where an angel of God came to him and shook him down (laughs) and taught him all these things. And that's true. An angel did come and he did have this incredible experience. And it's interesting because we have a couple examples of where God stops someone who's destroying the church in the scriptures. For example, we have Alma the Younger. We also have Saul. As I was reading this, I thought how nice it would be if all those who sought to destroy the church were struck down by an angel. It would make going to conference and seeing all those conference protesters a lot more entertaining, right? They'd be screaming and all of a sudden they'd be struck down. It would be fun to watch. But the problem with that logic is we also know way more people in the scriptures and in church history who saw an angel and kept being punks. Laman and Lemuel are the perfect example of this. So seeing an angel, having that huge miracle, does not guarantee a change of heart. In the book The World and the Prophets, Hugh Nibley said, If the purpose of miracles is to convert, then Jesus wasted all his miracles on believers. To impress people with miracles is one thing. To give them a testimony of the gospel, another. As the experience of the apostles showed, If people would not accept the gospel by the word without miracles, they would not accept it with miracles. And we have so many examples of this in the scriptures of people who witnessed miracles, who saw angels, and still didn't believe. So it's clear that it was not seeing an angel that led to Alma the Younger's conversion. Sure, the angel was the kick in the pants that he needed to make him stop long enough to listen, but it was not that miracle that allowed his heart to be converted. He repented, and as he was filled by the Holy Ghost, verse 26 tells us what actually led to his conversion. 26 says, For because of the word which he has imparted unto me, behold, many have been born of God, and have tasted as I have tasted, and have seen eye to eye as I have seen. Therefore they do know of these things which I have spoken as I do know. And the knowledge which I have is of God. Now, did you catch that at the very beginning? How he knew, how he came to this understanding, how he came to repent and see eye to eye. It wasn't because of the angel. It was because of the word. It was the Holy Ghost delivering the word of God to his heart. That is what caused a lasting change. So often we see these stories of the miracles and the angels, and we think that that is what causes conversion. When, my friends, it's not. Listen to this scripture in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11. It says, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. 
My friends, so often we are busy looking for these great and grand and huge events in our lives to cause conversion. We're looking for these big aha moments. We're looking for these huge experiences. But my friends, the Lord isn't in the wind and he's not in the earthquake and he's not in the fire. He's in the stillness. He's in the little things. In the very next chapter, we come to understand a little better how God works and how we experience these great conversion moments. It says, Now ye may suppose that this is foolishness in me, but behold, I say unto you that by small and simple things are great things brought to pass. And small means in many instances doth confound the wise. And the Lord God doth work by means to bring about his great and eternal purposes. And by very small means, the Lord God doth confound the wise and bringeth about the salvation of many souls. So that was it for Alma the Younger. It wasn't the angel. It was repentance. And as he repented and was filled with the Holy Ghost, it was the word of God that converted his heart. And here's the point. In our lives, if we're lucky, we will have two, three, four, maybe five of these big events, these big aha moments that help us feel Heavenly Father. But my friends, I testify to you that true conversion, lasting conversion, comes in the everyday, not in the wind or the earthquake or the fire, but it comes in the everyday ways that we feel the Holy Ghost speaking to us. In the everyday experiences where we feel that the Lord is aware of us and the everyday experiences that turn our hearts more to him. That is where lasting conversion is found. In the day-to-day, in the moment-to-moment, in the small and simple means. Thank you so much for listening today. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.